today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, welcome, Melissa Ponder. Thank you. I tell you what, the... Uh, if the, we have a lot of new pe- people in the church, a lot of new faces, and I so saw first, I really kind of want to make sure everybody knows who you are, uh, and then we're going to get into your story. All right. So first and foremost, this is Melissa Ponder, and so if you are not familiar with our church, our senior pastor, Jeff Ponder, this is his beautiful bride. Thank you. And sh- she has an incredible story and testimony, and I've wanted uh, a lot of new faces in the church. There's a lot of new people. They don't know you. Right. And they don't know your story. And I think a lot of people who do know you don't really know the miracle. Maybe so. Mm-hmm. And so I want specifically to talk to this. Um, the reason I'm, I'm really wanting to do this is for, for two reasons. Um, there's a lot of false prophecy, a lot of false teachers. And it says in the end days there's going to be a lot of false teachers. There's a lot of people speaking against miracles. And that's demonic. And it's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. And see, a lot of people, they're, 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 the the the, you know, the doctrine they're trying to teach is that, that, you know, whenever the apostles died, Holy Spirit went with them. There's nothing, nothing in the Bible that says there's an expiration date on Holy Spirit. Secondly, I've encountered Holy Spirit, and we're going to start, yes. and clearly you have too. Yes. And so that's what we're going to start doing is making sure people understand who Holy Spirit is. Yes. That he is alive and well, that he is in our midst, and he's doing miracles. Amen. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and so I wanted to speak specifically to to your miracle. So first, um, I want to go back and let's talk about, so you, you had cancer. Yes. Okay. Um, and so will you first tell us when you found out about your cancer and kind of what it, what, what, what it was? So um, the first time I was diagnosed was 2009. Okay. It was through just a routine yearly checkup. Um, and in that checkup, they found some abnormal cells uh, they had to return for a biopsy. They confirmed, yes, it's cancer. It wasn't precancerous. It was cancer. Um, it was stage one. So the good news is we caught it early. Okay. Um, we were able to uh, tackle it pretty quick and simply with uh, day surgery. There was a little confusion with some doctors and some lab work, and uh, that's a whole other story. Um, did, that, led- did that slow down the process of y'all getting to... What you needed to do, prognosis? Well, it slowed down the process of determining if we were complete with uh, treatment. Gotcha. So it led us on a journey. My labs got sent to John Hopkins. My labs got sent to MD Anderson. I ended up at MD Anderson. And long story short, they decided I needed a little bit of radiation to follow up. Um, And it was brachytherapy, which is for radiation, that's a much better choice it's intracavity ra- radiation, so they're able to um, protect all the other organs in the area. An external beam radiation goes through everything. Okay. And so you end up doing more damage trying to 
rid of other cancer cancer cells. Okay. So with the brachytherapy, that was nice uh, because it spared all the other tissue in the location. So um, it was a, probably about a two to three month span of trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, did we get it all? Are we done? Okay, yay, it's over. So um, after that, uh, you follow up with um, checkups. You know, they have to be pretty frequent at the beginning. So it was every three months for a couple of years, and then every four months, then every six months, until I was back to yearly checkups. Okay. So. so how much time were we talking, you know, in this first season here? So um, the second diagnosis is what you mean. Yes. Yes. So the second diagnosis came in 2016. Okay. So no, several years went, went by. Seven years. Okay. Almost to the day. Almost to the day. Okay. Wow. I didn't realize. Okay. And so fast forward 2016. So did you have symptoms? Was it a follow-up checkup or, or what, what happened there? So, um, well, let me back up to 2009 again. Okay. Um, there, I had no history this was gynecological cancer, and I'd had no history of abnormal cells before from all my years. Um, this, the cancer that was they diagnosed me with is very rare, and it's mostly found in women 65 and older. Oh, wow. I was 36. Okay. So, I don't understand all that. No, so. no. I don't think the doctors do either. Don't let them fool you. So, um, 36... Caught it early, took care of it, done deal. Fast forward to 2016, all those checkups in between, clear, 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 clear. Um, 2016, go in for my yearly checkup, and uh, the doctor begins the physical exam, and he kind of makes that, oh, and you're like, what? <laughs> Not what you want to hear the doctor say. No. Kind of like whenever so, you're having a baby, you don't want to hear the doctor say, oops. oops. <laughs> we have, yeah, we had one of those happen with one of our kids. With Brandy, was like, shh. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. so he, um, he said, I think there's something here. And I said, I need you to do the biopsy now. I don't want to wait. I want the biopsy now. Well, it's probably a good call. You don't, you know, bad news can't wait. Good news can, bad news can't. So he uh, performed the biopsy. Um, sent it off. That was on a Wednesday, and I know the labs takes about three days, so I knew I wouldn't hear from him till Monday. So on Monday, we're actually on our way to take Jeff to the doctor because we were pretty sure he had a hernia. That's fun. So that's nice. Yeah. So I'm on the way to meet him at the doctor when my doctor calls and confirms what I already knew in my heart: it's back. And when I first heard it, I actually was more perturbed and thinking, this, this is so ridiculous. It's such a nuisance. You, you lose control of your life and schedule and time and all that because now you're in their hands. They tell you what to do, when to do, where to be, and all oh, that yeah. kind of stuff. I can't, I can't even it's imagine. It's very aggravating. Um, but, you know, and I'm just like, okay, and it's gynecological cancer. So you lose, and there is no modesty in that. And so oh, lots of humility imagine, yeah. and yeah. that kind of stuff. And you try to, you're fighting shame the whole time. So um, anyway, he calls, he says that, and I'm like, oh, crud, here we go again. And he had actually, pre before I left his office for the first visit, he had already scheduled me with an oncologist. Okay. But it was for the next week. 
Well, based on what he found in the lab, when he called me to confirm that it was cancer, he also let me know that he got me in the oncologist tomorrow. So I was like, oh, okay. So I went in, met with Jeff, and uh, let him know what was going on. Our doctor that takes care of us that we were meeting with Jeff, he prayed over us because uh, he's also a member of the church. Um, It was, you know, we just... We're just humbled and broken. Oh, again. yeah, I can't even, yeah, absolutely. So, um, and disappointed and angry. And, yes, and, and so angry, yeah. the next day, and they always tell you if you can make it five years past cancer, you're home free. Well, it turns out that's not true. So, in fact, they're supposed to be changing the, the um, documentation on that. Yeah, so. and it's, it's, a, it's, a mo- it's always a moving target. Yes. I yes. mean, so, yeah, I get it. So, um, the next day was Tuesday. August 30th, 2016, I was the last patient for the oncologist that day. He snuck me in at the end. He came in. We told him uh, our history, what got us to that day. Um, He did a physical exam, and he then began to draw on a whiteboard a stick figure anatomy of my pelvis. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Good thing he's an oncologist and not an artist. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. So basically, I had a baked potato-sized tumor that had grown from the middle of my pelvis to the right and attached itself to my pelvic bone. Oh, man. Okay. So So this, this means surgery, right? Should. Okay. All right. So hopefully. But what the deal is, two things. When... When, gynecolo- when gynecological cancer is recurrent, and especially in that type, um, the survival rate is less than 1%. Really? These are numbers I've never heard before. So if I'm asking um, dumb questions, I apologize. I don't know enough about it. And if I don't know, I'm sure there's a lot of other people who have the same questions that I do. So, well, so most people remember the norm for the cancer to begin with is 65, 65 years older. old. Yeah, I remember you saying that. That's crazy. So they normally... the the survival rate of that is, it's not too bad, but it's not great. Well, generally speaking on cancer, yeah. If it's recurrent, it's less than 1% survival rate. Okay, wow. Yeah, it's incredible. So I've heard a number of statistics. Um, the, it, the older you get on certain types of cancer, the better your odds are. Um, for example, prostate cancer, you know, things of that nature on men. I know mm-hmm. that the older you get, so if, if that comes up when you're early, they say you're pretty much a dead duck. But if you, you know, are in your 40s, I mean, hey, you know, and, and the older you get, the better your odds are. And so I don't know if it's the same. And I'm not sure if what age plays into this. I didn't go that deep. In yeah. So, research. but anyway, so, okay. So, I, again, moving target. Second thing, women who survive a recurrence, they usually have a full pelvic exoneration in order to live afterwards. Okay, so I don't know exactly what that means is. What's an exoneration? That means we're removing the bladder, the colon. Oh my gosh, I mean, so you're, you're... Your, your natural human functions are now being, you have they would happen with help. Oh my goodness, okay, yeah. So no, yeah. So this, this keeps getting piled on even heavier and heavier. And this is what we're finding out while we're meeting with this oncologist. Now, this oncologist, he was local, um, but he trained at uh, Mayo Clinic in Rochester. Praise the Lord. The campus in Rochester specializes in gynecologic cancers. That's where he came from. Wow. And he actually came to our area on purpose 
because he knew there was a, a vacancy. There was not a gynecologic oncologist in Amarillo at the time. Wow. I mean, so God's already orchestrating and moving on your behalf. Yes. Long before, you know, all this scripture, starts. To, scripture says he goes before us. Absolutely. And we saw it. Every, I mean, God, God, corner, God lined it up. Every corner we took, we saw his hand. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's drawing this picture on the whiteboard. And he's explaining, I have a tumor that has attached itself to the right pelvic bone. Did you know what that meant at that time, how bad that was? No. Okay. He goes on to let us know that um, the books, if you go by the book, the way they train them at the uh, specialist campus in the nation, uh, you do not remove, you don't even attempt to try to remove a tumor that is now infused with the bone. Okay. So gotcha. you're no longer a candidate for surgery. Gotcha. Okay. So that he, answers that question. He goes on to explain that um, what they do instead is they target it with chemo and radiation, external beam. Okay. Um, what that will do is cause the tumor to die or slash go to sleep because unless it's removed from the body, it will wake back up. Gotcha. So really, a couple things need to happen here. If I'm, uh, so one, you want this thing to quit growing, okay, to kill it. And then you've got, and that's what the hope is. I mean, so is, is, is the, what he's telling you that, okay, if we go and we, we basically kill this tumor, it may still be there, but, you know, we kill it, that gets, that's your best odds? That was my only, I mean, that was all he could do for me. That was all he could offer Okay, so this so, so you learned all this in one day. Yeah. Oh, like in thirty minutes. My gosh, and and I mean, you're, you're, you're both of your minds are racing at this point. We yeah, it's like we've been sucker punched in the gut. We can't think, we can't breathe. We're just trying to take it all in. But as he's explaining this to me, I realize exactly what he's saying. And I said, "How long are we talking about?" And he said, "I hope I can get you two years." Oh my gosh! Wow. Because I'm starting to understand, unless this tumor is removed, there is no chance to be cancer-free. And not only two years, we're not talking about using all his language and all the bad stuff that he just said could potentially happen. We're not even talking about two years of quality of life. It's going to get bad and it's going to hurt. And it's going to be very, okay, so. Yes. All right. So, um, and I'm 43 at the time. Okay. So I'm still pretty young. Yeah. I call myself young. You are. You're young. Hey, especially considering, you know, you're married to an older man. Yeah. Right? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so he's saying all this stuff to us. We're just blown away by what we're hearing. Again, I went in thinking, oh, great, we have to go through this again. It's such a nuisance, blah, blah, blah. I had no idea that we were looking death face to face. Literally. Literally. Because the best he could do was kill it for a temporary amount of time, and he hoped he could get two years. Okay, so this is, okay, so you've, you've got the bad news. Now, I guess treatment starts. Well, hold on. Oh, there's more? Okay. Okay, so that was Tuesday, August 30th. Because we got the phone call on Monday, August, uh, or maybe that was the 31st. I forget. Whatever that Monday was. Gotcha, okay. <laughs> Anyway, on Mon- because we got that phone call on Monday, we went ahead and reached out to the elders of the church. And we said, hey, we've got some bad news. 
we need you guys to pray over us. So then we scheduled that for Tuesday night. So we are the last patient of the day for the oncologist, and we left straight from there. We were supposed to have dinner with our, we have two adult kids. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to have dinner with them, and then the four of us go together to this elder's home, and everyone was going to meet there, and they would pray over us. Okay. Well, we left the oncologist office with information that we had no clue was coming. And so I couldn't eat in public. I wasn't prepared for that. And I needed to see my, I was about to see my children for the first time after hearing this wonderful news. I can't even imagine. And actually, that's something that we've never talked about. Um, For a lot of you who don't know, uh, Brett and Natalie um, are amazing. Brett and I I are in the same industry, and um, he's one of the few people uh, that will actually talk to me you know, and so in, in that area. And so we, we hang out and have a good time. Um, Brett's a quiet guy. Yes. Um, Natalie, we'll let you know what she's thinking. Yes. All right. And I don't know if it, it might be crossing some boundaries, but I'm just curious. So when the kids heard this, uh, how'd they take it? Well, uh, Natalie's a girl. She's more emotional. And uh, she was heartbroken. Um, Brett was my solid rock. He's just like his dad. Steady as a big ship on the open sea. Um, but we were good. We were good. Um, well, I'll say we were good after the elders prayed for us. Okay. So you tell them, then you'll all go over to the elders. We met the kids at the elders' home. Gotcha. We told them before the rest of the elders showed up. Okay. So they knew what was going on. The elders arrived. We brought them up to speed, and then they began to pray over us. Jeff and I especially, and Brett and Natalie, we went into that prayer meeting broken and overwhelmed. I can imagine. Scared the works. Uh-huh. But I can honestly tell you, and I'm not exaggerating, I'm not to, pretending to be something I'm not. Oh, there's no, you're the most authentic person I know. Well, you walked out of there empowered, strengthened, uh, ready to take it on. It was like, let's go. All right. So that, I, I want to speak to that for a minute. Um, the scripture talks about going and asking the elders to pray over you. This is something that I think is skipped over so much anymore in the church, the power of prayer, power of prayer, the power of prayer. Um, you know, is <clears throat> because of prayer. I believe I'm saved. I had people from yeah. me. I had half, I think it, because of a family member, I had half Oklahoma praying for me at one time, you know, just in, in, I can't wait till we stand before the father and, and we find out that that prayer initiated something in the spirit realm. Yes. And I think that's what we don't sometimes understand in regards to the power of prayer is that it activates Holy Spirit on our behalf. Yes. We submit ourselves and Holy Spirit goes to work. Yes. And, and you don't even know how th- these things are con- going to connect. The, and if, just as far as scripture, though, one thing that, that I've had somebody ask me recently in our church is this, if, if, if we're going through something, can we reach out and ask the elders to come and pray over us? And I want to say absolutely. Please. If, That's what they're there for. If y'all don't I mean, know. They've yeah. been appointed for, I mean, they are chosen and appointed because of character, because of lifestyle, because of faith and um they walk the walk, you know, they don't just talk it, they walk it. And um, they're there for that. That's one of their responsibilities. That's one of their purposes. Well, I want to I say that these are some of the best men I've ever known. Yes. Um, I, I was uh, very honored when I was allowed uh, to, to be brought on as an elder, if you don't know that. And somebody came to me recently um, asking an elder question, just saying, is it okay? Can we reach out to you guys to come and pray? I was like, 
that doesn't happen enough. So I want to reiterate. Yes. We want to come and pray over you. If y'all are going through something, if, there, if there's sickness, if there's death, if there's a, a, a kid that has just gone astray and you don't know what to do and you need people to pray with you, I mean, that's we are the church. Um, Pastor Jeff, and I want to get right back to this, but this is an important thing, you reaching out to the elders for prayer. But Pastor Jeff, we're an Acts 2 church. Yes. Activation of Holy Spirit, um, building up the church in our community, and then activating those gifts and then sending them out. Okay. So anyway, I, I didn't want to get too sideways, but that's awesome. The, you did the Amen. first. What you did was absolutely what you should have done. Yes. Um, and I encourage our, if we need that, everybody, I mean, we're not exempt from hardships. We're oh, not exempt from not uh, disease and things. And so that's our resource. And so I encourage everyone to follow those same steps. Okay. So you, the, you, the elders, um, they, they pray over you. You'll leave empowered. And that right there should be a word of encouragement. Yes. Okay, this has been a really bad day um, in, in moments. I mean, your whole day, you woke up, you knew something was going on, but you, that day unraveled quick. Oh, in 30 minutes. And you get to the point where you're broken at the elder's home before prayer, and, and you, you just, you're sucker punched. Then you, you, you say, all right, Holy Spirit, we hear you. you we yes. know that you got us. Yes. You walk out empowered. Okay, so that's yes. where we were. So that was Tuesday night. Um, Wednesday night, uh, it was just kind of a, it was fall kickoff at the church. Jeff and I were both pretty busy. Oh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> and that was back before we had the, I mean, we have amazing staff now. So it was Absolutely. still kind of slim back then. But uh, we just went through our evening. Uh, I think in between stuff, I was talking to the hospital on the phone, trying to get, you know, insurance and this and that and all the paperwork going and stuff. Um, on Thursday, we were prepared to tell the staff. So um, we had asked all the staff to meet us Thursday morning so we could bring them up to speed and let them know what we had just learned. Um, Thursday morning, though, I, it was September 1st. Thursday morning, September 1st. It was my first time to be alone at home by myself. And so Jeff has gone. He had to go to the office to do a few things first. We had another appointment after that. Then we were meeting with the staff. Um, Natalie had already gone to school or work. I forget what she was doing that day. So it was my first time to be at home alone. One of the things that we started to do from the very beginning was play worship music in the house. Hey, amen. We control the atmosphere. Absolutely. I love control that. Control the atmosphere. Yep. So that particular morning, the worship mu music's playing. I'm in the bathroom looking myself in the mirror and trying to get ready for the day. I think I know this story. And the fear just started to swell up. And I remember I texted two close friends, and I said, hey, I, I need prayer. Fear is trying to take over. And, of course, they're, like, on it. I was like, thank you. And still trying to get ready, do my hair, whatever it is. And uh, it, it just it swelled too high, and I was drowning. And that began, I, that led me into a conversation with the Father, and I found, I just, I just crumbled. I just crumbled in the bathroom floor. And I understand now what wailing hmm. is. Like from the gut, crying out, Lord, what in the world? I did not see this coming. Hmm. And I actually began to replay some past conversations I'd had with the Lord. And I was reminding him of things that I know in my heart I heard him say 
or I thought you said I would do this. This hasn't happened yet. And what about this? I know you said that was for me and it hasn't happened yet. And when I finally quit talking, <laughs> it was the most calm. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay then. I have no idea how this is going to play out, but you just said yes. You know, there's, and I don't know if this is the same day, but it, I remember at one point um, you were just crying out to the Father and just declaring over and over and over again that Jesus is my healer. Jesus is my healer. And I don't, I, this may have just been a story, might have been a small moment for you, but that particular phrase, you just broken before the Father saying Jesus is my healer, I've replayed that in my head a number of times when I needed encouragement. Awesome. Awesome. So anyway. It wasn't that day. It was a different day. <laughs> it was one of the days to come, I guess. Yes, yes. There were lots of days I oh, had to I... remind myself of that. And and I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so after I heard the Lord say, yep. And I mean, it was just like that. Yep. Uh, I was like, okay, well, here we go. I don't know what this is going to look like, but here we go. Um, in the, before I crumbled to the floor, I had just enough strength to text Jeff. And I said, I need you home. I need you here. And so um, I had the conversation with the Lord. I heard him say, yep. And I said, okay. And I began to hear the music that was playing. And it was Brian and Katie Torwalt. Mm. And the song was, uh, I believe the title's Mountain. Okay, uh, yeah. High on this mountain, I will be lifting my voice. And in the valley, I will be dancing for joy. And... I just did it. I'm, I'm the, the low, deepest valley of of your life. Yes, is. I'm a mess. I'm I'm on my knees on the bathroom floor. I have just wept, wept and wailed and whatever, and uh, and I just heard the Lord speak so clearly and calmly. Yep. And <laughs> uh, and then I start to hear these words, and I'm like, yes. I will, I will dance in this valley. Resonated with your spirit for joy. And that's how Jeff found me. And he came in and he said, are you okay? I'm like, now I look terrible. (laughs) I looked horrible. And I was like, yes, I'm good. I'm good now. I'm good. And so, uh, he helped me up. I had to fix everything again. And, uh, we went about our day and, one of the cool things about the whole journey with me and Jeff, we were we worked in tandem. When I was down, he was up. When he was down, I was up. Praise the Lord. And so we That's just, the beauty of marriage right yes, there. Yes, yes. And so we were there for each other. We encouraged each other. And it was together we walked that path. So mm. for sure. Man, that's powerful. So a lot of things happen quick. But I mean, immediately, you know, father, the father showed up and he says, okay, listen, you know, I have this, you know, I, I love it. You know, I've, I've had those conversations with God when sometimes I have a tendency to be a little long winded and, and, and he just real brevity, brevity, he'll say, yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know? yep. Yeah. So that's really good. Okay. So, so I like to encourage people, if you find yourself in a crisis, whether it's um, with finances, your marriage, a relationship with a child Whatever it is, the first thing you have to ask is, Father, what do you say about this? Absolutely. And so that's where I was. And I was basically saying, I didn't use those words at the time, but 
it was like, you said this, this, and this. And he's like, yep. So whatever your crisis is, start there. Father, what do you say about this? Because whatever he speaks to you, that's what he's going to see through to completion. There's a pastor that I, <clears throat> I like to listen to, and one of the things that he does, um, I think he's battled depression and stuff uh, in his life, but what he's, he's had a lot of people prophesy over him. Um, and these have all come true, but what he does, he has a, a, a folder of these prophecies, things that either have been prophesied over him or God has told him. So when he's discouraged, go back. he goes back and starts reading them. Remember. Remember, and that's that's what you did. I mean, in, yes. in that moment, you you recalled all the things that the father told you, and and what that did is remind you. Okay, hey, listen, he's already promised, and he never breaks his promise. No, no. So that's good. Yes. So okay. That was Thursday, September first. Okay. Um, we told the staff that day. Then Jeff and I began for, to prepare because we needed to tell the whole church body on Sunday. And that's a lot of pressure. I can't imagine. Man, that's just that's heavy. You're already dealing with the emotions of it, but you're also. I mean, and Jeff is we solid. Actually, Y'all are both solid. We but, were doing really well when we were preparing for that, because, and maybe it was because of what had happened on the bathroom floor. Yeah. I don't know. It was Holy Spirit. I mean, He strengthened us. He gave us the words, everything. But also, we had set out from the very beginning that wherever this took us, that we trusted God. And we wanted two things. We wanted our faith to grow, mm-hmm. and we wanted those who were watching. We wanted their faith to grow. I mean, so that's, God, that's good testimony right we there. We wanted God to be glorified no matter what. And there's no question. In fact, I've heard testimony of people who watched you go through this, and, and I've heard it in several different contexts. Um, one of them just being being solid. Okay, In other words, being, you know, instead of here and here, yes, we fight those emotions, but as far as just your faith. I mean, you know, I mean, I've had people talk to me just about, yeah, it's just solid, just solid. They just, their faith, even though the enemy came at you guys, never wavered. No. I mean. It, yeah, the enemy attacks moments. you. I, I understand. moments. But, but for the long haul, no. We knew from the beginning, or I especially, I knew from the beginning because I heard the Lord's voice directly to me. It's a lot easier to go through something when you know that God's already told you yes. how it's going to end. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, um, so Sunday, we tell the church. Once we did that, we blasted our social media channels because we had, we still had people from past ministries that we kept in touch with, and we knew they would pray with us. Yeah. And so it was just rallying the troops, just get the word out. And what we told the people on Sunday was, listen, we're asking you guys to pray with us. I need a miracle. Because if there's not a miracle, a man can't do anything for me. Mm, wow. Okay, so let's talk about where it begins to move in that direction. So this is what I've been wanting to hear for yes. the whole, this is why we're here, and it's to talk about what God did for you. So that was Sunday. We got the word out. We, there's no one else we can tell. And it spread like wildfire. Oh, I can imagine, yeah. Uh, I, I think there were people in Brazil praying. Praise the Lord. I mean, it's incredible. Amen. Yeah, Amen. absolutely. I mean, the church is global, right? Absolutely. The body of Christ is everywhere. And so they were praying with us and for me. And um, so Monday, the next day, was Labor Day. Okay. Now, that week uh, was Jeff's birthday as well. But the week was filled with appointments. There was a PET scan. There was a day surgery. There was a doctor's appointment. It was just full. 
And so we had decided as a family to celebrate his birthday on Labor Day. Okay. And uh, just make it big, enjoy the day, because the rest of the week was going to be at, you know, their disposal. Right. So um, we did all that, celebrated big. The kids were spent the day with us and that kind of stuff. And then that evening they left. And, uh, well, actually, Natalie was living at home at the time, but Brett went home, Natalie was home. Um, and we went through our evening routine to get ready for the week. And I remember thinking, um, I need to wash laundry because now's my chance because I don't know. It's not fair. I See, know. you're sick and going through all this and you still have to do laundry? Still have to do laundry. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, um Anyway, so what I had started doing the previous week after we found out, after the uh, visit with the oncologist, after that visit, I knew where the tumor was. And so what I would do each evening is I would anoint the location with oil, Mm, and I would pray. And I would say, Lord, unless you remove this tumor, I have no chance of being cancer-free. And I did that every night, every night. So here we are, Labor Day, Monday, 2016, and... I uh, was getting ready for bed, anoint the location with oil, and pray, Father, unless you remove this tumor, I have no chance of being cancer-free. Decided I needed to wash some laundry, grabbed my basket, started to walk out. Before I could make it to the laundry room, the location of the tumor was on fire. Oh, wow. It was hot. And I was like, whoa. I dropped the basket. I'd never experienced anything like that before, but I'd heard enough testimonies that heat, anything like that, usually something was happening in the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit. Well, think of this, the licks of fire, you know, when Holy Spirit descended on on the upper room. I mean, fire, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's, that's, that's incredible. Okay. So I dropped my basket. I put my hand there again, but this time I praised him and I thanked him. Oh, wow. And I said, I don't know what you've done, but I trust you. And I thank you. I thank you for intervening. It's beautiful. So we go to bed, and I told Jeff, I said, hey, something happened tonight. I don't know what. I'm not saying I'm healed, but something's happened. And I've experienced the Holy Spirit in a way I've never experienced before. Man. And he said, okay. Okay. So you have this encounter. And actually, it's also very biblical about what you're doing in regards to anointing. Um, this is something that, again, uh, that a lot of people in the church don't do. We do it in our home. Um, we anoint our children's door frames and mm-hmm. windows. We anoint them. Recently, we prayed over somebody for healing, and we yes. anointed them. Scripture talks about anointing your head with oil and, and being lavish in this. And it's a uh, truth is, I mean, it, it's, it's very biblical. I don't want to get sideways, but it's something that you ought to do. If you, if you, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Um, it's not special oil no. that's been—it's just— if, if you want to go, you can go to a Christian store if you want it scented. Okay. But you get can some, use olive oil yeah, in the kitchen. Yeah, I was about to say, just get olive oil in the kitchen. And, and so, uh, and you just go and anoint your, the door frames of your home if you're dealing with sickness. You know, do exactly what Melissa did. Anoint it and pray over it. Have somebody anoint it and pray over you. Yes. So anyway, I think that's, is, well, one, is biblical, but two, is beautiful. Yes. And so that was my routine. That's what happened that night. Tuesday was a PET scan. Okay. So we did all that. Wednesday was the day surgery, and that surgery had multi-purpose. Uh, the main thing was to install the port for chemo. Okay. But it also gave the oncologist a chance to examine all the other organs, because at that point he wasn't sure had had this tumor 
affected other areas as well. Okay. And so he needed to check all that. He was, um, he was very surprised that I wasn't already having kidney fa- failure because the tumor had the, the, um, the ureter, the tube that runs from the right kidney to the bladder, it was all constricted. The tumor had just twisted it all up. And so um, he found that. The bladder itself looked pretty good. Um, the colon looked good. Everything looked pretty normal. And then he realized he could move the tumor. Really? Which meant it wasn't it was attached no to that. No longer attached. Yes. To okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, but here's the deal. I was the first patient that morning, and um, they'd get me back to the room, and he's supposed to come see us in between surgeries, his next two surgeries, but he doesn't show up. And so the nurse said, the nurse came with the message that he would come between the next two surgeries. And we're like, okay. So we waited, and the next, in the next break, he didn't come. He sent his resident. But the resident didn't come with any information except to say he can't come. And if we want, we could discuss it tomorrow because we had an appointment with him anyway. How long were you sitting there waiting? Oh, it gets better. So they explained that if we wanted, we could go home, blah, blah, blah. We're like, at this point, I'm already kind of caught on to it. And I told Jeff, I said, he doesn't know what to tell us. He doesn't know what to say. And so we decided to wait him out. <laughs> You're going to have to come kick us out. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I have to stay connected to the IV this whole time. They can't disconnect the IV until I'm discharged, and I'm refusing to be discharged. So we're sitting there. It was about 5.30 that evening. Man. He finally came to see us. And I, the first thing I told him was, Dr. Farzan, we trust you. We know you are skilled in your area. We know you are smart. You're the best. You know what you're doing, and we know you did not make a mistake, but our God is bigger. And what was his response? He just didn't know he, what to do with it? He, <laughs> yeah, he, was, uh, he had to catch his breath for a little bit, and um, I, there were some tears. So I don't think anyone's ever talked to him that way before. So he, I believe he's Hindu. Gotcha, yeah. So, and he's seeing the God, the sovereign creator of the universe, you know, he couldn't ignore it. No, that, that's what I love about this. That's so beautiful about testimony, and it's perfect because he knew what it was. He knew what the consequences of that being attached to the bone were. Now he can move it. I mean, he's seeing something. He's seen a miracle. He knows he's seen he a miracle, knows. and he yes. doesn't know what to do with it. He didn't know, Mm-mm. but it changed everything. So, and for those that don't know me, I'm a bit of a stinker, <laughs> uh, stubborn. It came in handy. Uh, I'm not going to go down without a fight. I love it. So um, my, he picked up on my, uh, my temperament, my attitude, and it changed the whole course. He changed his whole mindset. He was no longer trying to ease me gently into death. He was trying to get me to uh, healing. A place of healing. Cancer. A completely different mindset. Different. Totally different. Yes. So um, we met... The next day, we had that appointment scheduled anyway, and at this appointment was where he uh, laid out his game plan. Now, understand, this cancer is rare. There is not a protocol chemo concoction. It's not out there. So he was basing his decision 
on other types of cancers and things like that. Right. And so he came up with a concoction, and um, he explained what we'll do. We'll do uh, three cycles, and each cycle is three weeks long. So it's nine weeks. It's a a lot. We'll take a break. We'll have surgery. And he was insistent that I get to Mayo for surgery. So just to make sure I understand, so first you're doing some treatment to try to reduce the size or what? His goal was to reduce the size of the tumor to make it more manageable to remove. Okay. Make okay. it easier. So for that's him. that first three weeks. Okay. Three cycles, nine weeks. Oh, three cycles, nine weeks. Nine weeks. Okay. Yeah. So that's going every once a week, every week for nine weeks. Yuck. Okay. Yeah. So we would take a break and to let the body heal up to prepare for surgery. Um, He was insistent that I get to Mayo in Rochester for surgery because um, they have this special operating room where while they have the patient open, before they close them up, they can slide them over and do this direct beam of radiation. Oh, okay. Without having to go through all the other organs. That's one thing about technology I do like. Yes, yeah, yes. This is, good. this is good technology. Yes. Okay, so, so um, anyway, he explained that. He went over some of the, the drugs in the concoction. We clarified a few things. There was one drug. He only wanted to give me half a dose. And I just asked, are there lethal side effects as to why you're choosing half a dose? He said, no. I said, well, give me the whole thing. Yeah, I mean. It I, was rough. <laughs> I bet it was. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've never heard anything positive. Um, about any of these these drugs, the chemo, or any of the drugs that they give you afterwards. I mean, it's it's, it's incredibly difficult. Your already, body's already fighting. Yes. And then it kind of puts you in another phase of okay, I feel like, terrible. Yeah. Horrible. I can't I can't imagine. I don't know. I mean, COVID's the worst thing I ever had. So. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we all came to an agreement. We started uh, chemo on September thirteenth, uh, Tuesday, September thirteenth. I believe that was. Right. I could be off on my dates. Um, The funny, I'll say funny, it's funny, this side of it all. I started chemo on Tuesday. Remember, we thought Jeff had a hernia. Yeah. Well, he had two. He had surgery on Friday. Yeah, y'all were getting, this was just a rough season, man, (laughs) rough. So, um, yeah, so we got through that week, started down that path. The, The chemo kicks in immediately. I mean, the effects, I was like, whoa because your first time you're like what is this going to feel like um you know is it going to sting is it going to hurt well even know it's going in da, da, da. well you don't feel anything but about two days later all of a sudden i mean you're like whoa that's chemo gotcha so, yeah um we did all that uh, we got ready for surgery it was well let me say this the deadline for surgery like i'd run out of time yeah and the when I say run out of time, because we had been trying to communicate with Mayo. Of course, you have to, you're not really communicating with them. You're communicating with insurance. It, they have, that's yeah, that adds a whole other layer. Yeah, I got you. We'll, we won't get off on the weeds no, on that one. No, no, no. <laughs> so, um, but I remember there was a time we, uh, I believe I was in the third cycle of chemo, and we thought we were about to hear from the insurance. And I remember just thinking, wait a second. I was like, Lord, I don't want to, I, d- I want you to tell me where you want me to have surgery. I don't want man and an insurance company to tell me to where dictate I'm going to yeah. have surgery. Absolutely. And I knew without a shadow of a doubt, he said, you will have surgery in Amarillo. 
Wow. Now, that was totally opposite of what Farzan wanted and opposite of what Jeff wanted. And so... Um, but when you hear the father, you you, you, you got to hold your ground. I had such a yep. peace. I knew it. Well, I had to hold my ground gracefully because that was my husband. Oh, well, I get it. No, I understand. But you, it, when I say hold your ground, when you hear the father, you got to stand on it. Yes. And and then he knows that you know the father, and he just loves you and wants to make sure you get the best. But yes. Then, but when he... I know, I know Jeff. As soon as he understood that, okay, yeah, you heard the father on this, then he's going to be 100% in your corner. So what actually happened for them to get on my side of the page was no one would answer us and we ran out of time. And my doctor said, we need to do surgery and we need to do it now. And I said, thank you. Let's do it in Amarillo. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we had surgery in Amarillo December 5th. It was um, about five and a half hours. That's a long surgery. A very long surgery. And... Um, Jeff, Jeff's favorite part of the story is when Farzan came out, and he was in tears. Really? Yes, because remember his goal with the chemo was to shrink the tumor to make it more manageable. Right. There was no tumor. You're kidding. There was no tumor. You get in there. And there's no tumor. There's no tumor. The pathology. I read the report um, a couple weeks later. I finally got my copy of the report. And, well, I'll say there's no tumor. The measurements of the tissue where the tumor was was less than a millimeter. Wow. I mean, this truly is a miracle. I mean, think about all the things. I've got goosebumps. But think about all the things that happened and all the people affected by that. Obviously, you, okay? I mean, God healed you. Yes. But then here's a... An, a non-believer. Yes. Okay. Who's been, but he cannot, he cannot ignore it. So he, he knew what it was. He saw it attached to the bone. Okay. Then he saw it from, detached from the bone. Yes. Okay. And, so, and there's no, there's no concoction. There's no list of uh, chemo concoction in the books to follow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah, so he had, exactly. No, no precedent. No precedent. So he had to come up with a formula. Yes. Get you on the surgery table, which didn't need to go to Rochester anyway, right? Yeah. Because yeah. there was no tumor when he gets in there. Not necessarily. Can you imagine? It's, it's incredible. Let me tell you something. This is, I mean, it's, it's flat out a miracle. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And, you know, you can't, and that, I think what makes that story, like, you know, I, I would agree with Jeff. Um, I think one of my favorite parts of the story is just how it impacted the doctor. The doctor. He, uh I think it was on, I think it was after the surgery, maybe at a doctor's visit or something. And I have to say this, I think the doctor fell in love with Jeff. <laughs> I mean, he's, now when I go for my checkups, he's like, well, where's Jeff? Well, I, you know, I'll tell you what, there's a whole church full of pe uh, people that think Jeff, every, every one of them, that Jeff's his, their best friend. And he is. He's the best guy. He is. Definitely. But I remember the, um, the doctor said, um, I don't know your God, but. Oh, how did he say it? I don't know your God, but um, I want to know your God. Hmm, wow. Can you, all the seeds that were planted, so let, let's just say that, I mean, I know we're living in the end times. Let's say that the rapture happens tomorrow. Okay. I don't want to be here for it. I'm a pre-trip guy through and through. We'll do that on another That's episode. Another day. But Dr. Farzan, let's say that if he, in this scenario, has not yet come to Christ, he will, he'll believe at that point. He'll no believe. Doubt. Yeah. So um, anyway, all right. Well, so this is incredible. I mean, thank you for coming and sharing this testimony. 
is something that that we need to do as a body and to to share our testimonies. And that's what we're going to start doing. So God of miracles. Yes. You know, what I would ask here in a minute, I want to pray. I know that there's two people in particular that I can think of right now that are dealing with cancer. Um, one in particular, there's his, the doctor said, there's nothing we can do for you. Um, but this person feels really well, feels good. And in right. and, and, and a, and a way that defies what the doctors like, you feel okay or feel good. And like, yeah. And so I already see, you know, God's hand there, but what would you say to somebody who is going through uh, an illness, a sickness, cancer? What would be your first words that you would say to them? You've got to get one-on-one with him first. And it's that same question, Father, what do you say about this? Because his word is the final word. That's right. And if, you, if he doesn't say, hey, there's nothing, there's nothing I can do and there's nothing the doctors are going to do. If he doesn't say that, then you need to believe and keep the faith. And don't lose hope because God still works miracles. Oh, there's no question. He worked miracles in the Old Testament. He worked miracles in the New Testament. And Scripture tells us he is the same today, yesterday, and, and forever. forever. That's exactly That right. means he still works miracles this side of the cross, which the New Testament is on the other side of the cross. So, I mean, but it's the same for us today. The promises for God's children all throughout Scripture are the same for us today. We are his children. You know, I, I think that um, I've never gone through, uh, We praise the Lord. I mean, we've all just yes. been healthy, okay? Um, you know, and so, you know, and I'm getting older now, I whine a little bit because my feet hurt or my back hurts or whatever, but it's nothing compared to what I know so many people uh, deal with on a daily basis. Um, you know, just, I want to, I don't know why, but the back, somebody with a really bad back uh, just came to my mind. Um, and so here in a minute, I want to pray over several different things. I want to specifically pray, pray over backs. I don't know why it just popped in my head. Um, but if you, your encouragement is, I would want to add something and, and I want your thoughts on this too, but ask the father, mm-hmm. then surround yourself with believers. Most definitely. You, so let me say this too. Um, there was a miracle on Labor Day. Really? Uh, I mean, on that Labor Day. Right. Yeah. The, oh, yes. Gotcha. Yes, yes, yes. Piece of the puzzle. So, but I still had to go through the fire. Yeah. Okay. So sometimes he saves us from the fire. Sometimes he saves us by the fire. And sometimes he saves us through the fire. That's a good way of putting that. Okay. So, and no matter what, just like the, the boys in Daniel, we know he can, but if he doesn't, we're still going to praise him. We're that's, still going to worship word. him. Absolutely. So, yeah, you, you ask the Father, what does he say about this? You need to surround yourself with believers who are going to build you up, encourage you, and believe with you. You need to control your atmosphere. Okay, and, and by the atmosphere, speak to that one more time. I'm talking about the airwaves. Yeah. Okay, uh, Jesus told us that uh, the enemy is the prince of the airwaves. So uh, the atmosphere of your home, fill it with sound, good sound, worship music control the atmosphere not just that but i think especially the things that you bring in um as far as material to read and everything else if there's anything in the home that does not glorify the father chunk it that's a good time to clean house absolutely definitely um control the atmosphere also your own spoken word yes proverbs 18 21 right truth speak the truth uh faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of god 
okay? If I speak the word of God out, my ears will hear it and my faith will be increased. Well, not only that, you spoke life. Proverbs eighteen twenty one: life yes. and death are in the power of the tongue. So yes. if, you, if you speak death over your life, there's going to be death. You spoke life. Yes. You know, continually over your life. Yes. And, and you quit believing the lie. I know the enemy tried to come in a number of oh, times. There are going to be moments when you're going to, um, well, where there were moments where I was like, are you serious? Like, I know you did a miracle. Why can't you remove this pain? Why can't you remove this sickness? You know, and I had to preach to my soul. I trust you. He's trustworthy. I trust you. And I can't tell you how many times I had to say that to get it in my head so it would sink down to my heart and I would line myself you, you, up. You, you, yeah, you believed it. Yes. Well, I'd like to do this. I'd like to close this way. Um, I would like to pray over, you know, just anybody that's listening. Um, just know that prayer is powerful, even though yes. this is recorded. And, but this was God ordains prayer. And so as we pray over you now, I mean, something's going out. And it's going. if this is something that lands with you, um, if it resonates with you, please write in, email us, share, share your testimonies with us. Um, we want to know that. I mean, we're, we're in this fight with you. Um, but I'm going to ask if, one, you would pray. And like I said, I don't know. I'm going to – I'll finish. I, I want to pray over backs. I don't know why, but we'll do that. But would you pray over anybody currently dealing with cancer, um, illness, um, disease? You got it. You got it. Father God, we come to you, and we just thank you for your word, your word of truth, yeah. your word that is filled with promises. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your resurrection power mm. that's still evident today, Father. And I just pray for anyone who's come face-to-face with cancer, who's come face-to-face with death, Father, that you would encourage them, that you would build them up. Mm. Holy Spirit, give them a new faith. Give them eyes to see what you see and ears to hear what you're saying to them. Speak to them directly. May they know they've heard your voice. And may it settle well within their soul and bring them peace and courage, Father. I pray you'd surround them with people that love you, that um, know your word and can encourage them with truth, Father. I pray that they would reach out to all the sources that you have available to them. I pray that they would uh, find a church family, a life group, whatever their small group is, Father, that they would tap into that. They would realize they can't walk this alone. They need brothers and sisters to walk alongside them, to build them up, to encourage them, to hold their hand when they're weary, Mm. to... uh, Remind them of truth when they doubt. Father, I just pray that they would uh, just seek you first and surround themselves with people that love you with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, Father. That's good. Heavenly Father, I just want to pray over just specifically backs. Um, this is not something that I, I normally think of or whatever, but I, f- I feel like somebody's dealing with a compressed disc or, or even a fractured, uh, just part of their spine. Lord, you, you're the, just as we've heard and we testify to you, you're the God of miracles. Yes. Um, there's nothing beyond you. You created every cell uh, in our yes. bodies and there's nothing that you can't heal and there's nothing that you can't do. I think that what Melissa said a minute ago about, you know, whether you pull us from the fire or we're healed, you know, you know, going through the fire, there, there's, there's something there. Sometimes we need to go through that so we can grow in, in our faith so that we can do something down the line for you. But right now I just pray healing over backs yes. in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus I, I think name. that there's like just a, a constant pain and you can't get away from it. You can't sit right. You can't lay right. And I pray, Father God, that there would just be a peace wash over whoever needs to, to hear this right now in the name of Jesus Christ, that you just heal backs. We just praise you, Father God, for what you're doing in the yes. kingdom. We praise you, Father God, for what you're doing in our spirits and renewing our faith and getting us excited about your kingdom. Yes, and Father. just in Jesus' name. 
Well, thanks again for joining us. We love you guys. Uh, two things, that, and then we're going to wrap it up. But just uh, if, you, if you want prayer and you feel like you want to reach out to the elders and ask for prayer, we're here. Um, just You can contact the church, um, and that's what we're here for. Secondly, um, if you have not uh, attended our church or you haven't come in person, we would love to connect with you in person. Um, just thanks again for, for being a part of this, and we will see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.